Hello and welcome to the second episode of Dare to Share. Um, first of all, I would like to express my gratitude about all the feedback that we received on our last uh, episode. And I truly feel humbled about so many people taking the time to to listen to what we created. Um, and I'm very happy to hear that um, that a lot of you took something away from um, from our conversation and it really inspires me to make more of this kind of content good times well uh, thank you for the welcome Cas, and uh, of course also a warm welcome uh, to all the listeners thank you again for tuning in <laughs> it's a, it's a great honor as Cas said uh, lots of feedback and it's really really crazy once um, you actually uh, you really and start to understand that people are listening to it they are doing something with it it's a crazy feeling um, so if you ever have this drive to, to express I definitely recommend it because uh, the way it feels when somebody really has invested the time and energy into listening uh, to what you broadcast that's that's unique mm-hmm. um, so yeah uh, my name is Nitai by the way also nice to say mm-hmm. a little bit uh, more of an introduction as the feedback said um, and today we are going to talk about, uh, you know, moving toward your true self, yeah? defining your passions. Uh, what are you here? Uh, what are you here for in this life? What are you going to do with it? This beautiful gift of time, and of health, uh, and of friendship, and other stuff you have. Mm-hmm. And related to that, we'll first go into a bit about what are the challenges of of continuity. So to keep working on your passions to do the things that you really want to do even when you don't um, when you don't particularly feel like it um, yeah when it's hard to motivate yourself um, yeah we all experience that like actually Nita and I are currently experiencing that as well <laughs> yeah. um, we were both not really looking forward to recording this podcast because we were both tired quite overworked and busy with a lot of other things yeah i just went to the gym and just before i was about to step on the bike with my last set i actually uh i snapped up my lower back (laughs) so then i had uh, an an even bigger excuse to say no i'm just gonna lie in the bed i'm just gonna not do it because i will have to sit straight and talk with with cos about the good side of life while well, just feel pain <laughs> so there wasn't a, an impulse to say well not today but then again there's always uh, a reason uh, not to um, and if it's really important to you then if you find a reason to do it and to follow it you'll feel a lot better mm-hmm. so uh, here we are we've started and i genuinely do feel a lot better mm-hmm. so yeah those are the challenges uh, with which we came into it mm-hmm. and um yeah. M- more more on that uh, later i think in the, in the podcast yeah um st- starting i must say i already feel quite the excitement actually already coming yeah which i think is often something that um before you start and you're thinking about doing something that you're looking up to against that you don't really feel like it often can make it so big it can can make it like seem like a mm, a big horror like uh, what you referred to in the last podcast um before you start, you hate it. Once you once you stop, you love it. Regarding yo- doing yoga in the morning, mm-hmm. um, and I think with this is it's similar. Like once you make decision to start and just do it, the enjoyment comes and the rest of the mindset just follows. 
The emotion follows the motion. <laughs> That's how it goes, usually. So, more on that later, but before we start really start um, answering the questions that we got from you um, we still want to respond a bit, little bit on the feedback that we got yeah um, one main point that came back in almost all the feedbacks I think was the the noise the background noise uh, we sincerely want to offer you our apologies because definitely um, of course we want to create a listening experience for you that is uh, pleasurable yeah. and not distracted by roommates that are going about making pizzas or doing things in the yeah. in the living room crisping their lovely bag of chips mm -hmm. yeah. so um we will um we will try to uh, create the podcast in a more silent we're actually doing already better you know, on that on that part <laughs> so it should be more silent today guys so prepare for that and, and also a second part of the feedback that we got was um, a question to um, go a bit deeper into each other's experiences. So uh, that last time we might have stayed a little bit more on the on the surface, like we covered quite some different topics. Mm -hmm. But um, one of our listeners listeners suggested that it might be interesting to um, yeah to go a bit deeper by asking follow up questions um, and really yeah sharing ourselves vulnerably what um, what we really want to do mm -hmm. so we're, we will try to uh, yeah since then we have also agreed on the name of the podcast naming it dare to share so <laughs> under that moniker i think we can proceed with sharing a little bit more all right i think that was it for the feedback we'll try to implement yeah. Um, then we would like to answer a few uh, a few questions that I got from uh, from Mia, my girlfriend. Um, namely, how do I start with going deeper into awareness as the first step of communication? Um, I'd like to ask you to start um, answering that question. It's a really good question. Um, it's a really good question. Well, multiple layers to this, but the first thing. I think is to try to understand what is the what what is the stimulus that the situation is giving you and what's your true self in that so that sounds a bit vague but to make it a bit more clear um, there's a lot of ways to respond uh, to a situation and in those responses there usually is a response that might be optimal uh, to achieve a goal in the situation or to keep uh, you know uh, the other people in the situation uh, relaxed nice uh, to basically make it a socially pleasant situation so there are, are pretty set paths to take toward those goals basically uh, but then there's also something that you really feel as soon as it happens and usually that feeling can be the guide to what you actually think of it um, so there's different ways to handle that feeling. You can either, you know, push it aside and go on toward the goal, which can help sometimes uh, to achieve the goal. Uh, but then the feeling will still be there uh, and you still have to do something with it. And then also the other thing you can do is you can just listen to the feeling and you can start acting the feeling out. That's also possible. But then again, it's not always that you necessarily are that feeling. Just imagine that somebody is really angry at you and he's actually coming towards you with 
you know, he's shouting, he's, he looks like he's one that tries to hit you. So instantly your, your, your physiology will, will make a fight or flight response. Uh, so you will feel it. You will feel the drive to either attack this person or run away. Is that really you? Um, I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Somehow it is part of you, but it is also what the situation brought out in you. So I think if you always choose to follow the feeling, you might become very reactive. Uh, but also if you, on the other side, don't listen to the feeling at all, you can stray very far from yourself. So um, how do you get yeah, closer to your true self? I think the first thing is to start to observe those feelings uh, that you have. Mm-hmm. which is basically the, the, the middle way between suppressing them and acting them out. Instead of um, doing either of those things, just actually try to feel the feeling. Put all your focus on it. Put your focus in your body. Where do you feel the feeling? In your chest, in your belly? What does it feel like? Um, because that way, usually when your mind gets a feeling, um, when you get a feeling that's really, you know, quite intense you try to deal with it in, in a way that you've always done so you've either probably pushed it away or you've listened to it and acted it out or maybe you've been, you've been observing it but you usually have as soon as it gets very intense some sort of programmed reaction to it mm-hmm. well the first thing will be just you know if you just listen to that and just let the feeling be then you will actually it will be start to become easier to discern what part of the feeling is caused by the situation and what part is really you know your your, your true values in you that mm-hmm. they're coming up and they're saying hey i don't like this or hey i do like that so uh, th- that was for me an important start um and uh yeah to uh to make that a bit personal with an example maybe um i i used to do a lot of door-to-door sales and the important thing in, in sales is that you make sales. <laughs> it's pretty uh, it's pretty straightforward, but you have to do it uh, by connecting with people. And people respond the best to emotions. Uh, communication is for a large part body language and tone of voice. And for a much smaller part, actually words that you say. So managing your emotions is very important if you want to achieve optimal sales results. So if you have somebody who feels pretty bad and negative and doesn't want to do it. Well, there's only one way you're going to make that person positive by being positive yourself. So it uh, taught me to really, in every situation, try to find an angle that I could find positivity, Uh, Mm. even if the situation pretty much sucked, (laughs) objectively. Um, But then because that wasn't useful to me, I didn't focus on that. So I became really, really good at it. Um, and then I also noticed that I started to feel, well, generally pretty good. But also in some situations, I noticed that when some things, that's like more personal situations, uh, for example, with my girlfriend or with some friends I cared about, um, if something went wrong and I felt bad about that, then I was very, um, yeah, uh, usually the same mechanism would instantly go on. And then the bad feeling would go away as if it never was there. But then I knew that that I, I, I did really care. 
And then I also, I lost a bit of that feeling. So that didn't really feel well. And I also noticed when, you know, doing this for a couple of years that, um, that I became a little bit uh, more detached from those real feelings that really were there. And they mm-hmm. actually were there, and but I didn't really stand still to feel them. And then it became more like, um, basically like the suppressing a little bit. Mm-hmm. Not completely, but a little bit. And from there, uh, for me, I, I started to notice that I was usually always very happy. Also by doing this and just I'm a happy guy in general. But then when the stress got more in my life, uh, I noticed that the happiness was less real. It started becoming less real and more of an act, basically, so to say. And that actually uh, brought me a lot of stress. Uh, I actually read about it in my studies this week. Uh, when you are... Um, what did they call it again? Discrepancy? Uh, well, a little bit... Uh, yeah, It was a discrepancy, I guess. It was... Um, what I usually did was uh, deep acting. Basically, mm. I tried to change the perspective on the situation because changing the perspective into something that aligned with my values. Or for example, getting somebody who didn't want to fill in his account number at the end of a sale. Basically, everything was done. Just the last little step, the most important step, they wouldn't want to do it. Well, there's two ways you can look at it. You can look at that and say fuck, this is an annoying person. (laughs) Why doesn't he want to give his account number? It's all filled in. But the second way you can look at it is, this is an opportunity for me to grow because apparently I didn't make this guy feel comfortable enough to give his account number yet. Uh, That's okay. It's just a way for me to learn. That's that's the second way to view it. And that aligns with my values. It's very growth mindset oriented as well. But um, important when you do that is yes it can help you be more positive but you need to feel the feeling as well and really let it pass through your body because otherwise you'll hold it in and then over time the stress may still build up while you cognitively think nice you know i'm growing then still there might be this dissonance with what you're actually feeling and then that will change the way you won't be able to grow as you want to even if you try to choose that perspective cognitively um, emotionally uh, you won't stay on the same track mm-hmm. so I think from, from that uh, that's basically a story to illustrate how it was useful in sales to do this and then I noticed that in my personal life I started doing it as well and while it does help it definitely makes you more positive there is a danger to it which is you know skipping the feeling entirely so never do that <laughs> that's my advice or at least well you know never say never but for me it didn't work I'm quite quite curious because it uh, it sounds like you you need found very effective ways to reinterpret difficult situations situations in which you would normally feel um, what we normally refer to as negative emotions mm-hmm. and then take another angle to see it positively mm. and it also sounds like that a side effect of that was that there was no place for negativity in your experience anymore mm. so you didn't allow yourself to feel i don't know sadness anger um, uncomfortable emotions because you were cognitively constantly thinking like, oh i need to reinterpret this in some way yeah so i'm curious um how did that influence other parts of your life did you notice it maybe kind of sipple up from from 
from below the surface like yeah. these emotions to other parts i did i did it's a great question because how you just put it is exactly what happened and what i noticed is uh, when i started uh, you know to deal with my own negative emotions less uh, and basically just skip them for a large part i also couldn't handle them as well with other people so when other people's negative emotions came up the response was um little bit disconnected from what they were showing usually mm. um so so it stood in the way of receiving them empathically for you yeah a little bit mm-hmm. uh, n- not on a cognitive level but on an emotional level yeah mm-hmm. uh, which was uh, you know sometimes uh, when me and my girlfriend had a moment where she was feeling sad uh, i couldn't really be there for her in the way i wanted to not always sometimes yes But then also sometimes this uh, mechanism would come and then I would basically, uh, for her it would seem like, okay, are you feeling something or not? She she couldn't really see from my emotions uh, what what I really did feel for her because the system took over and it was just, you know, largely unaffected emotionally. Mm. Mm-hmm. So that worked pretty well, but then in, in this situation that didn't work at all, of course. But but still, that I wasn't that affected. But then again, so, somehow you actually want to be affected a little bit in that case, you know, to understand someone, to help them, to you know bear a bit of the burden with them. Mm-hmm. So that was a little bit impaired. And um, also, I noticed that uh, it also took a lot of lot of energy. So when I came home, um, my uh, you know capacity basically to you know bear anything was was really low in intensely low suddenly so at work i'll be superman you know handling everything um with positivity but then i would come home and i would be really really tired because it it's it's emotional labor mm-hmm. <laughs> that's a, i just recently learned that's actually a thing i knew it was but that actually can take a lot of energy so i noticed that and then when i came home i didn't always have the time or, or not really the time i had the time but the energy to you know uh take care of myself as well as i would have liked so basically skipping some of the basics not cleaning the room uh you know not being nice to my girlfriend or my friend or my mother like it would uh, it would uh yeah basically take the 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 tail um yeah how do you say um it would take its toll on myself and on the people around me when i wasn't in that mode Mm -hmm. and that's what i didn't like about it so so it was not like you burnt yourself up during your working day and then afterwards you were yeah burned up yeah didn't that much energy left your your willpower was drained drained Uh, yeah indeed not always but a lot of times yes um and, and how did you find a way to um, to deal with that differently? Because it does seem like nowadays you are uh, more in touch with your with your feelings and also with the negative emotions. I am. I am. Yeah. A book. A, a book really helped me, and uh, the book is called Eckhart Tolle: The Power of Now. And basically, the concept which he talks about is the same as uh, I started with at this example. Um, just observing your emotions being in the moment um i think that's really important we we always try to chase happiness but happiness is just a state it's just a state of emotion it comes and it goes so 
if you are only happy when the happiness comes, well, then you're in for a hard time because that won't be always. And when, and when you're always craving the happiness when it's not there, ooh, that's suffering right there. Mm-hmm. So um, you become very dependent on yeah, the state that will pass again. Exactly. Like, uh, so, so I, the first thing I noticed, okay, so I should, or at least I noticed I was benefiting immensely um, from just trying to observe my emotions, became way happier doing that. Uh, and I noticed that when I didn't do it, the happiness, uh, which I, the positivity mechanism tried to keep in place, became more and more fake. So I could actually, and then I noticed, so, okay, staying closer to those emotions, I was, um, I wasn't necessarily always happy because I felt a lot more. So it means when things didn't go right, I felt way worse. Mm-hmm. Um, but when things did go right, I did feel way better and also way more relaxed instead of tensed and always, you know, uh, ready to absorb the next emotional blow. Um, way more in touch with what I really felt. And that was a really nice feeling. I also noticed that I became way more vulnerable after that. Like um, crying for me, I didn't do that for years. But after I really tried this and I actually went with it, and once I felt really bad, I actually let the tears come. They came and I was like, okay, and it's actually, it's, it's, um, yeah. It's a huge relief. It was a huge relief, yeah. Mm-hmm. Because but before my, my attitude was literally like this, like crying doesn't help me. I sometimes get a headache when I cry. So I might as well not cry anymore because I don't, it's no use. <laughs> so this is, this is literally how I would think. This, this is years ago, right? This is like maybe when I was 15 or 14, but yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I find it very interesting in your story to hear that um, by blocking out the, the negative emotions and um, deep acting the happy emotions that, well, first of all, that, that drained your energy mm. because I think it's a little bit like, or maybe a lot like lying, actually. When when you tell lies, you are creating sort of fences, or like you're creating a maze that you need to navigate through. And the longer you n- are navigating through the maze, the bigger the maze becomes. Yeah. The more you get, get entangled and trapped in your maze of lies. Mm-hmm. Um, and the more energy it costs as well. Yeah. And I think that's like that also a bit with, em- with emotions and feelings. When you don't feel... Uh, you don't act out what is alive in you in any moment, then, and you try to force yourself into some other p- paths, then, then there is a lot of space where you cannot go. You don't allow yourself to go there. Exactly. And it's a lot of energy to, to avoid that. Hmm. And then once you allow yourself, or you allowed yourself to, to feel both, that then also you discovered that the happiness between quotation marks that you were feeling was not real happiness, but that was fake happiness for a big part. And that by allowing yourself to cry, by allowing yourself to feel other uh, negative emotions, that the positive emotions became a lot more intense, um, a lot more heartfelt, and you could more genuinely connect with yourself and thereby also with others. Yeah, I could let go in the emotions. And I think that's that's really important. Um, And and also I, I noticed way better which was my real path because your emotions are essentially like a type of compass in Mm. lots of ways Um, and sometimes you just notice things don't work for you you feel it but if you push it away and you don't act on it you might you you, you are going to put yourself in that situation again and 
that is gonna slow your growth basically because if you were to act on it and if you were to move you would probably move yeah a bit clo closer to what you really want out of life or at least have a moment to reflect okay i don't want this what do i want it's mm -hmm. an interesting uh, question to ask so relating this uh, back to the question also one more time how do i start going deeper into awareness as the first step of communication well the first step is to in, in my opinion at least what, what will help me is to really start to observe observe your emotions and realize that you you are not necessarily that emotion that's coming in you know what, what i would like to add to that is um there's a way also a different way of speaking about emotions and feelings and that's saying a part of me feels angry now or because you are not all like, like not all of you is angry yeah maybe there's also parts that are sad maybe there's also part that are that are happy and motivated and by doing that you can kind of have a more negotiation going on within yourself or or a dialogue within yourself between these different parts you can listen to the to the to the feeling and needs level of these different parts of you and then you can align these different parts to um, aim more towards what you as a being as a whole um, really value yeah yeah that's that that's that's a good thing that you're adding in there especially because last week i had an experience with that but, but um yeah the first thing i would say again is like um, you know just to make it concrete what really helped me to start this is um you know really take the time to observe what you feel and don't as you say identify with that feeling just realize it's there to be felt not to be identified with and even if it's if it's happiness if it's pain whatever it is don't run from it because that's the only way it can really get to you if you try to mm -hmm. run from it the, the, if you just try to be with it just observe it keep focusing where you feel it breathe you will see it will just go away um, it will change it will change mm -hmm. indeed and if you make a real mental concoction uh, about it how you want to escape it the problem is even when the feeling goes away the programming will still be there you'll still try to escape you'll still go to the same path in your thoughts which will actually summon the feeling again so this is um, for me the most important one trying to get a, a out of that cognitive network and just feeling the feelings instead of dealing with them mm -hmm. i think one one um thing that i want to end on this this question yeah on, sure um is is what i how i would like to put it is to rest part of your attention within your body which mm -hmm. Edgar Tala also describes as one of the most direct ways into the present moment moment into the now um and the rest of your your attention you can rest in in the rest of your perception mm. so because um, when i was thinking about answering this question i was thinking for instance about meditation um, and i think meditation is a very useful tool to develop more awareness um, but i also think that it's not it's not necessary you can you can practice this in everyday life you can practice this in conversations you can practice while doing the dishes or while working on on uni work or being on your, on your work whatever whatever you might be doing in your daily life and if you try to establish the habit of resting part of your attention in your in your body then things might become um, 
become easier, require less energy because you're creating less of this maze and you're more in touch with the felt sense of how it is like to do something. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely a good one. And uh, well put. So then we'd like to go on to the next question. Um, could you go more into depth on how to form a clearer picture of a better version of oneself and what's the benefit of this? And could you share what it looks like for you personally? Um, so I would say let, let's go shortly into this question so that we also hit a bit on the main topics that we had said. Sure. Um, so one way that I'm personally busy with, with forming a clearer, pec uh, clearer picture of a better version of myself is by working on the self-authoring program on the future authoring part of uh, a program from Jordan Peterson where he basically describes uh, or he asks he asks you to write about your future in as much detail as you can with different uh, different questions to probe um, your imagination on different parts of your life so your family um, family life your social life recreational life um, your your academic or work um, career path and and all of that um, so it really helps me to try to take time to envision how how do I how does my ideal future look and how does the version of myself um, that I am in that ideal future how does that look like feel like um, what is like to embody that version of myself mm -hmm. what are my primary val values that are of most importance to me um, so these are for me um, personal development um, so stay stay curious grow learn um, explore the world around me um, create connection um, receive create a receptive space for the people around me and um, and grow grow together um, and um, how did you find these values by writing about them in the self-authoring program or did you always have a feeling that these were things you found important or how did you come yeah, upon these mm -hmm. values? Um, I think that the self-development self and learning, trying to understand the world I have had for, I, I've had that as a very high, high value uh, for as long as I can remember. Um, I think by writing about it, I've made them more explicit. Hmm. Um, and besides that, um, not to say, yeah, having had a lot of talks with, um, with, with my friends, with my family, really opening myself up, allowing myself to be, to be vulnerable, see what's really, truly there inside of me, um, and observing what kind of things that I do in my life what in my perceptual field what kind of things pop up as being of interest to me mm -hmm. um, tuning into my feelings for instance of when I do a certain activity what kind of feeling does it give me and trying to use that bit as a compass to guide me towards um, what kind of things are valuable to me what are what kind of things do I um, are personally meaningful um, and what kind of things are not and then Trying to move more towards what I really value, um, and yeah, nice. Mm -hmm. I think for me, um, 
a really good way was the question uh, that Stephen Covey asks in his book. Um, he basically asks, okay, if you had a funeral and there would be uh, all your friends would be at the end of your life, your life would be well lived. What would you like them to say about you? Mm-hmm. I think that's a great starting point because we always, uh, you know, have plans for a future a future once we get all work done and everything is right then we will you know do the things that truly matter um doesn't always uh, go like that life is made up of decisions so it's really important especially when other things are there uh, to choose what is most important and to have those things uh, remain at the center so yeah your values basically uh, they're they're basically ways to guide your choices and to find what your values are just think about the life you would like to live the things that make you most happy and i think that's where your emotions come into play and help you a whole lot because when you're happy uh, if you really start to think about those moments uh, and actually think what about them makes you happy then you find your values pretty quickly. Um, so yeah, that, that's an important one. And for me, one of the things I found that made me happy was you know, testing myself, growing, uh, achieving new levels, surprising myself by actually you know, doing the things that I previously thought impossible. So then growth became one of my values. And well, if you love growth, you have to love failure <laughs> because without failure, you don't grow. Um, so this reframed the whole experience of failure for me uh, for a large part Um, and then also honesty which more recently became a more core value of me you know I always think being honest is important but um, still uh, I also think for a certain part that making people feel good is worthwhile as well Um, and you know especially in the past with my relationships Uh, I sometimes, uh, you know, gave that higher priority than complete honesty. Um, Not that I told things that weren't true, but sometimes I didn't say what I really did feel, Uh, you know, just to keep the situation better because, you know, I love the other person and I, you know, want to give them happiness. So sometimes when I have, you know, stuff that I don't think will add to that, I won't share it. But is that really honest? You know, they chose me to have a relationship with me, not, you know, um, they didn't sign the subscription to make my make myself happy express. You know, it's, it's way different. So even while I think that they might deserve happiness and I might want to give it to them, uh, I realized that it's never worth uh, compromising your honesty because in the long run, if you're not happy next to them, they cannot be happy next to you. Um, I think it's a very nice addition to um, yeah, what's one of the problems of setting happiness as your ultimate goal. Yeah. Because happiness on the short run is not the same as happiness on the long run. Hmm. And when you set happiness in the relationship, for instance, like, oh, I want her now to be happy. I want her now um, like not to feel these negative emotions from this conflict. So I will just keep it to myself. Mm-hmm. then what you keep in yourself will actually have time to 
to grow, to become bigger and to actually turn out into something that might even end your relationship yeah. or, or it might blow up later in the relationship. And then your spouse might say, why didn't you tell me earlier Then yeah. I could have done something about it like months ago and it wouldn't have escalated into what it is now. And one more thing that I want to add to that is that by, um, by avoiding difficult topics for with someone that you care about, basically there's, I think, a presupposition before that. It's like you cannot handle this conflict. Hmm. You, you cannot deal with the consequences of reality, hmm. which is quite a harsh thing to, to say to someone you, you, you love and especially to act it out because yeah. it, it's also reinforcing because you don't confront them with it they won't be they won't learn from it they won't fail as you just as you just said so they also want to succeed mm. um, and you actually take away the opportunity for growth that communicating yourself honestly to them would give them yeah and that's a really powerful thing and i remember talking about uh, with you about relationships and honesty and you really drove this point in really clearly and i was like yeah completely true and actually helped me helped me a lot since then so while you even might get a lot of difficult conversations when you start being a little bit more honest in the long run it will be the best because at least it will have actually uh, you know known the true you and mm-hmm. that's the most important thing and then uh, you will soon find if you are you know meant to continue this journey or maybe not mm-hmm. um, and that's you know no harm done in that that <laughs> That's usually how it goes. It would be crazy if you, in this world of uh, 7.4 billion people, find your immediate match uh, right between, you know, your acquaintances. And even that, uh, for every phase of life, there might be a different match because everybody grows a different path. So it just helps you, um, you know, actually use that inner compass to get where you need to go. Mm-hmm. Be honest. Uh, <laughs> because then... Yeah, the, the, what, what you also said about the happiness is also very very true I, I think you know if you just uh, that's this also really helped me instead of trying your relation seeing your relationship as something that's meant to make you happy see it as something that's meant to make you grow and it will make mm-hmm. you a lot happier mm-hmm. yeah, and uh, like part of the growth is like like you cannot grow without the confrontation you cannot yeah. grow with falling but you can trust that you can stumble back to your feet together, stumble on the communication. That yeah, um, and that's it, you know. And um, yeah, that's it. So next question. Mm-hmm. Um, the next one was actually not really a question, but more a suggestion that we could um, analyze because we were talking about communication in the last podcast. That um, me, I thought it would be interesting if we would analyze our own communication while we are doing the podcast and reflect on maybe the kind of techniques that we are using or sometimes when like undoubtedly as we continue doing this we will have some misunderstandings or sometimes where it goes really really smoothly mm-hmm. and then it might be interesting to take a step uh, or to say take a step back to look to it from a helicopter view and have some meta communication about okay when i say this or that then this or that happens in in you and that's why we misunderstand each other or that's that had this and this effect mm. to kind of teach in that way by acting it out our, ourselves how you can um, alter and improve 
your own communication, both with yourself as with another person. Mm-hmm. So I think that's more of an uh, intention that we can set to, to do in the following podcast. Yeah, that's an interesting intention and uh, definitely aligned with getting better at you know podcasting. Mm-hmm. So definitely let's do it. Yeah, my first reflection on it is that, uh, you know, the, the first one was full of free association, which was pretty nice. Um, actually, uh, we had already a little bit more structure in it because we did one before that. It was the official first. Um, and bringing structure in it did help, really. Um, so structure in communication can be really great, <laughs> especially because it's so easy to get um, you know to follow one train of thought completely uh, down the rabbit hole basically instead of you know just going back to the upper level sometimes choosing a different direction being a little bit more efficient I still think we have a long way to go in that but I think we've started the process by actually starting to write down what type of topics we would like to discuss what questions Mm -hmm. stuff like that um, reflecting on our communication, I think what Mia said first is relevant as well, you know, just, uh, or maybe Carmen said, I think, reflect on our uh, own experiences a bit more. Mm-hmm. That part, I think. Yeah, going a bit deeper into into each other's experiences and asking questions. And yeah. Stuff. yeah, yeah, I think uh, that's a good idea. Mm-hmm. And we're working on that. So those are the first reflections that popped into my okay. mind. I think it's not actually exactly what I what what I meant with it or what Mia meant with it. Okay. Um, w- w- what what she meant more is like when we have a conversation like like right now, that um, on some point there might happen something in the conversation hmm. that is an interesting um, occurrence to reflect on, ah, and okay. then to to have some meta communication about what's going on in that communication. Nice. Um, so it's a funny example that it, actually it, you did misunderstand the question and you did misunderstood me. Yeah, um, this is really great, and now you're actually <laughs> d- doing it. So <laughs> that's pretty funny. <laughs> nice man, nice. Yeah, definitely yeah. a good idea as well. <laughs> but okay, so far for the for the questions and the feedbacks, um, do you want to introduce the topics of the challenge with continuity? Yeah. Yeah, we actually got into it a little bit as before as well, but the challenge of, you know, being consistent, starting something and actually following through um, when it's not a habit yet. And I think us trying to set up this podcast is, is a good example because, you know, a couple of weeks ago we uh, tried to make one episode as well, but then we lost track of our time trying to put the podcast on the website. And we did that first and... Trying to do that was hours of work, um, <laughs> which basically, um, you know, had as res- end result that we didn't have enough time for the podcast uh, after trying to do that for a long time. So, um, which is also the reason why there's a, more or less a month between this podcast and our previous one. Exactly. Even though we had set our, like, I think primary goal to be um, releasing a podcast every two weeks. Yeah. Exactly, and and and, and if after that we f- reflected on it, and we were both a little bit disappointed that we didn't get the episode up. Um, and I think how you handle that initial disappointment is really, uh, it's a really key part in your journey because you have a an image in your head, and maybe even a first experience where everything went smooth. 
usually the first experience might be the first disillusionment as well but we had a first really great episode and we're like okay let's do this uh, but then the first challenges come up and now well like this the first disappointment after not having you know made another episode um, what was my reflection on that afterwards was that actually when i thought about meeting meeting with you i thought like oh yeah we just fixed that in maybe like half an hour an hour we just like fix the website and then do this hosting service thingy and then we get it on spotify boom and we can start recording the podcast which the podcast I was what i was really excited about and the website was just like oh yeah we will just do that mm-hmm. where my expectations were completely out of touch with reality yeah and then another thing that happened is that you tried to um bring me kind of back to like, like like when the process took longer and was more difficult than expected you tried several times to bring me back to um say like hey let's decide now are we going to go on with this and spend the rest of the time trying to fix this or are we going to record the podcast yeah and then i had the idea of like i oh, know but it's just around the corner and i kind of and I not completely ignored you, but I kind of shoved it to the side a little bit of like, oh yeah, just 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 a little bit more. If just we just try this more. little thing, then after we can yeah. talk about it, and then and and th- then in the end, um, like have it, it would have been a lot better if we would have if I would have listened to you, we would have taken five or ten minutes to discuss. Okay, what do we really want to do? Let's adapt our um, our expectations mm-hmm. to the new information that we just got. Yeah. And then set a clear intention. And then I think even if we would have chosen to just do the to do, to do the website um, and trying to get the hosting service online, then I would not have been so disappointed because I would have adjusted my expectations. Mm-hmm. But all the way towards the end, I was actually still in the back of my head. It was somewhere in the future, in an alternative future, where we would have just fixed it and then uh, went on to record the podcast. Yeah. So that was the first experience with practical failure <laughs> in this project <laughs> yeah and that can be disappointing and you know it, it's all about how you deal with that disappointment because you know it can drain of momentum it, it, w- w- once you feel that, that disappointment that's usually not the same as the motivation so the, the most important thing to realize is that um, you shouldn't do something with a feeling in mind as the goal I mm. think that's an important one because then you only want to do it once you're chasing that feeling and if you already have a feeling you'll be fine uh, and if you have a feeling that's completely different like disappointment while well, you actually want some happiness then you'll be <laughs> robbed of your pleasure as well so um, realize that if you're going to do something it should be most importantly be worth the suffering it should be worth actually going through all the uncomfortableness for even all the uncomfortableness you don't know yet because if it's not worth that you're not going to do it so mm-hmm. you should just select something else um, and when you find out along the way that something um, includes more suffering than you had anticipated i think it's also very important then to take take a step back and take a little bit of time even though you think like, oh no, but I really need to finish this. Still, I think it's very valuable to take five minutes, maybe 10 minutes to step back to think, okay, do I still, is it still worth the suffering? Hmm. Or 
we could have, for instance, stepped back and said, okay, we do it in this easier way of just paying some hosting service, which is a bit more costly, but which saves us a lot of time. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Reflecting. But also, you know, um, really wanting something bad enough that, you know, with any, with, with at least you would still do it even with a high cost realistically expected high cost because the cost is going to come you just don't know where it's going to come from if it's going to come from you know having to cancel another appointment or like me today that i snapped my back <laughs> it's actually hurting pretty bad while i'm sitting here this is an unanticipated cost of the podcast but still I, if i really want to do it um, want to do it then i will bear it because in the end it would make me happier but that's because before i already knew i wanted to do this i accepted for myself okay there might be some costs with this uh, and i will just you know take them <laughs> it will be part of the journey and the difficult thing about it is because the costs are usually unknown you have a, an image of the result that you want uh, especially on the internet we can just look something up oh i want to be ripped and buff oh, just google uh, you know bodybuilder muscle and you have all the the, the images that you can uh, run after but still um, that that is really clear usually but the path to that place is usually not as clear so uh, don't choose the end goal choose the path and if the path is uh, you know worth the suffering then the end goal will come I had a talk with my uh, sensei some I think two weeks ago or something like that where um, we were talking about envy for a little bit and, and jealousy um, and he said that when you when you picture a person that you're envious of and you picture them in with all the things that they're sacrificing to get where they are to be the person that they are to do the things that they do um, all the suffering that they are going through then envy disappears <laughs> you cannot feel envious of a person when you fully picture what they are sacrificing to to do what they do um, and i think that's really um it can it can be really helpful, I think. Um, also related to to what you just said, of like, do I want the suffering that comes with choosing or pursuing a certain a certain outcome? And then not to picture just the outcome, but picture all the suffering that might come along the way, and ask yourself, am I willing to suffer the suffering ways that I don't even know how I will suffer? Yeah. Um, and then it really helps if you have your if you have your values aligned, then you can see if that path there with all the suffering that you're picturing and the whole learning process with with falling and standing up, whether that's that's worth it for you. Yeah, exactly. And, um, you know, if it isn't, you should also make your choices. But then usually the things that we do do, um, like your job or university, you had some type of, you know, um, notion of how the suffering would be like. But then for a large part, you also didn't, but you still persevere. And usually, or at least uh, for a lot of people, um, they also persevere for others, not for themselves only, but it's also because others have placed expectations on them. And human beings have this pressure to conform to expectations, um, which can be, you know, quite intense. I, I know for myself, um, even if the expectations are just your own. <laughs> so it's also important to, you know, uh, 
give yourself the emotion that you need to achieve the goal. So if you know that you want to record a podcast to relax, know that, you know, uh, releasing those expectations a little bit might help you relax more doing it. And then from intrinsic motivation, you have more motivation mm -hmm. to actually do it to relax instead of as another part of work, mm -hmm. which is quite a challenge. Uh, lots of the things that I want to do that are intrinsically relaxing, they become a job if I have to do them at a time where I don't feel like it. So that's also pretty um, important to realize, okay, with what emotion do I want to go into this and then be disciplined, set the intention, uh, as we said, uh, as we talked about before. What, uh, what Marshall Rosenberg says about this is don't shoot yourself and not shoot us in with a gun, but as in shoot and shouldn't. Yeah. Um, ah, nice. Because if you say shoot, have to, ought to, need to, that all implies that you have no choice. Yeah. And as if something outside of you is forcing you to do something, which is never the case. And he goes as far as to say that you're, you always have a choice. Yeah. And um, that when you go into the things that you say you should do, that when you investigate those and try to identify what your reasons are for doing them, what your motivations are for doing them, that you will find that it's a choice. So I work um, not because I have to pay the rent, but I work because I want to pay the rent, because I want to live in a nice place somewhere in Amsterdam. Yeah. Um, he, he had this example himself about writing clinical reports for his, uh, for his patients, for his clients. And he absolutely hated it. And he had the idea of like, no, that's something I really have to do. And then when he investigated it, his reasons for it was to, to gain the money from it. Um, because he didn't think it was useful for his clients. He thought he could spend his time better. And he didn't think it was useful for himself. So then when he realized, oh, my main motivation to do it is actually money. He felt like that that's not a important enough reason for me to spend all these hours writing these clinical reports. So then he chose never to write a clinical report ever again. And another example that he had is um, carpooling his children and their friends to, um, to sports or something like that. Um, which he also really didn't didn't like at first because he was like, oh, I have to do that. It's just part of the task, it's part of being a parent. But then when he asked himself, what am I doing it for? He realized, oh, I find it important to be, um, I, want, I, I want to give this to my children. I want to give them the opportunity to play sports. I find it, I value it a lot to be a good, good father. And then he kept doing it, but he did it from a different motivation, yeah. which made, which makes these things that you do a lot less effortful. Yeah. Yeah. And especially the most, uh, you know, most um, annoying thing in the world for me, at least is having an expectation which doesn't match with the thing you are doing and then trying to keep it in place. And what you then get is basically some type of chastisement from your intelligence that you should be doing something else. Um, at least that's what I get. I'm very goal oriented. So when I set a goal, um, and what I'm doing does not align with that goal. It makes me immediately feel uncomfortable because, you know, I have a really strong drive to go after the goal. So for me, setting the intention is very important. If you set the motivation that, you know, you should achieve a certain goal while you're doing another goal, then you're just distracting yourself 
in being not effective, you know, both in achieving the goal that you want and in doing something, you know, that you actually want to do, but doing it so with such a wrong intention that you're not enjoying it at all. Mm-hmm. So that's also really important. Setting the right intention before going into something, really committing to it. Stop grabbing that phone while you're doing it. Um, that stuff doesn't make you happy either. Um, and and also, you know, yeah, what we talked about of before, realizing that the suffering is just relative. You know, just imagine you're heading towards, uh, I think I used this example before, just imagine you're heading towards a supermarket and you break your leg. You might think, well, that's pretty bad. But then in, instead, if you wouldn't have broken your leg, 300 meters in the distance, a car crash happened and you would be in between the cars. So if you view it like that, then it's a good thing that you broke your leg. But if you don't view it like that, it might be a bad thing. In essence, we never know because we can't tell the future. So then what is the sense in judging something based on how it is now? So basically also accepting that you that you don't know, that you don't know what could have been different. Yeah. Because I think should also I should have done something else implies that you could have done something else that you that you knew something else would have been better. Well, in the end, you never know. You yeah. might have missed another opportunity or something bad might have happened. Exactly. And because you don't know, it makes no sense to judge negatively. Because you don't get anything from that. You just get bad feelings. And if you judge it positively or whatever is happening, or at least in, intentfully, uh, then you are more likely to get out of it what you want. Mm-hmm. I think it's an interesting example that we were discussing a little bit before is that um, I'm um, organizing a workshop together with uh, Mia and Gergu um, where we give workshops about our um, our support group and the support group lies very close close to my heart and I really want it to to work and to go well and I want to um, inspire people with that to give them a um, to offer them like a medium to 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 communicate themselves in in a in a way that they can really feel received that they can accept and understand once themselves and each other um, mm-hmm. and help them help one another um, and now tomorrow we have the first um, our first workshop at least um, the the more advanced one. Um, and what I notice is that I have a lot of anxiety um, and yeah maybe even fear about what other people might think of the um, of the workshop of the presentation that we will be giving and what I find myself doing is that I started to get motivated by kind of avoiding the negative judgments from people that might might come um, and actually that makes it more difficult for me to work on the um, on the presentation mm. quite so from. it made it more difficult for me to work on the presentation and also I, I noticed that I was oriented out of fear out of trying to avoid that 
future that I was envisioning. Understandable. Especially when things are important for us, we want them to go well. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that's always uh, a bit of an inner fight. The more important they get, the more important that it goes well and the more pressure you usually place on yourself. And when you don't care as much, it's usually easier to do the things you know better because you don't have the extra pressure or the expectations placed on yourself. You have more of your energy free to actually commit to the task, to the presentation and to actually, you know, give what you want to give. Mm-hmm. And then I, I, I'm wondering, um, reflecting on this, um, what did it teach you about yourself? Um, well, one thing that it, that it relates to is um, like a, one of my, what was it, core beliefs that I also identified in therapy somewhere last year. Um, is that I have to believe that I am never good enough. I'm never doing anything good enough. Always needs. I always need to do it better. Mm. Um, so that also here, like this core belief came up quite strongly. So whatever I was was producing or um, how I was doing the presentation or I was working on on outlining the the guidelines, it was never. Or I had this idea that it was never good enough, and that actually kept me from from working more on it, and it was very um, debilitating for me. Mm. Um, and also, I think it's it's in in these states I can get very out of touch with my initial reasons of what I'm doing it for, because what I'm doing it for when I when I think about it and when I feel into that is that. I'm incredibly passionate about um, about this concept, this format that we have created together with the group and this way of communicating. It has had enormous value for me. Um, and I'm very, um, very excited about all the interest that we actually get from other people and actually someone who's interested in um, in helping us, giving us a medium where we can share this with other people. Um, and I think by these fears I get so out of touch with with that um, while that's the intrinsic motivation from which I want to work and from which I um, I, I make my best work also mm-hmm. interesting so um, going you know going into that uh, how would you like to work on this project mm-hmm. mm. I think I would like to accept more where my strengths and weaknesses lie um, and w- work more from where I am instead of where I think yeah. I should be yeah because the first thing I heard you say is see accept where my strengths and weaknesses lie but there are not fixed points Mm -hmm. depending on your focus depending on what happens um, your strength might completely change and evolve Mm -hmm. so accepting where it lies is in a sense you know imposing expectation on yourself Uh, what I mean with it is is accepting where my strength and weaknesses lie in a specific specific moment okay so so basically just accepting the fact that you might feel some you know um, you should fear about this while you're still working on it 
yeah, or might I might feel discouraged. I might be um, anxious because I think I'm not very organized related uh, compared to Mia and Gergu, for instance. And I think like, oh, what I have to, uh, I cannot offer anything because they are so organized. Mm. And then I'm kind of talking myself down instead of saying, okay, I- indeed, I think in some aspects I'm not as organized, but I do have other strengths in maybe conceptualizing specific topics that we want to present in the uh, in, in the presentation yeah. or okay i might not be very organized yet you know and just by adding yet to it it implies that i can learn and i can yeah i can grow and i can use the opportunity actually to learn from me and gergu to work a bit more organized yeah really and then nice. i can still attribute to the process um yeah, usually um we have an easy time doing things for other people, but a harder time doing things for ourselves. And it all has to do with how we talk to ourselves in our own head. Um, are you your, is, is your mind your biggest friend or your biggest critic? And usually we give it free reign, uh, just identifying it and saying, okay, it's us, the blabbering voice in our head. <laughs> but actually it's just a combination of the programming and the evolution that we've received until this far. So, And again, part of us is criticizing yeah. another part for I know not doing what it expects it to do exactly it's just our brain negotiating with itself and the great thing is that you can realize that you can actually change that voice if you make that voice your biggest trend um, and you make it support you then you won't be um, so dependent on what others think because you will be working on it aligned with your own values and then it will be, make it more easier to see the outcome as a product of that and in that way stand behind it either way no matter what other people think of it at least you worked on it in the way you wanted to so because you did the input in the way you wanted then you'll be less um, dependent on a certain thing from others um, from the outcome Hmm. it's more about the way that you work on something than about what comes out of it yeah because Mm -hmm. that's just a product of how long you work on it in that way and how skilled you are, which are both, you know, things you can influence for a large part and things you get better at. So that helped me a lot dealing with, uh, you know, those type of feelings. Um, just setting the intention before you get into it, really thinking, how do I want to work with myself today? What mm-hmm. is the emotion that I need to do this, uh, you know, the best that I can? And how do I give that self? how do I give that emotion to myself and then literally sitting with yourself saying different things to yourself and seeing what comes up if you start to feel better start to feel worse if you really um, you know train that skill to self-regulate your emotions by taking control of that voice um, then usually you'll have a lot more grip of what you're doing and the most important part in that is not trying to judge the, um, the, the progress in between just you know, accepting your limitations, um, accepting the fact that the voice might not always say nice things, you know, it's also mm-hmm. really easy to get critical about that. Uh, once you're really trying to make yourself feel good and then you're actually being still being critical against yourself and then you can be even more critical because you are critical. Um, so it's important to, you know, break the loop in that way and just, you know, give yourself a nice time and, and see what comes out. Mm-hmm. 
in the end nothing is really that good or that bad but there are good or bad ways for you to go about it um, and yeah being intentional with that the, the, the first thing is and so many people don't do this because it sounds crazy but it's really nice if you just start the day and just say to yourself what type of day you're going to make it what is your intention what do you want do you want to appreciate do you want to achieve what do you want tell you know just ask yourself and answer it mm-hmm. before you walk out the door because it will you know it, it will align all your other communication and way of you know behaving the rest of the day it will dictate how you will prioritize uh, if you will you know accept the first thing that a random person throws on your plate and say okay now that's my day or if you just really build your own day deciding what and what you don't want to see of this beautiful world so as an antidote to not live reactively but live intentionally definitely i think one thing that's i want to add to that it's important that you don't tell yourself what kind of day you think you should want but what kind of day you really want so it can also be that uh, you think it would be really good if you had a very productive day because you're behind the schedule that you made But maybe intrinsically you really want to and maybe you really need to have some time for yourself. Maybe you really need some time to relax. And I think it's important and to also listen to that part and maybe listen to both parts and say, okay, I will have a um, I will have a productive afternoon and then I will have a relaxing, relaxing evening or something like that. Mm -hmm. So negotiate a little bit. Yes. Yeah, that's also really important. Negotiate, but while still satisfying both parts Mm -hmm. for a large degree. Because if you just skip one thing entirely, you probably won't feel good and the conflict will be worse. But if you mediate a little bit, find a way in between, that will usually uh, be the best, at least it was for me in my case. And what's very important about mediation is that both sides feel received and feel understood. So that also if there is a critical side of you that is telling you that you are shit, that... um, you're lazy, that you're needy, um, then try to listen to the feeling and needs level of that voice inside of you instead of just listening to the content level. So um, perhaps if a part of you, a voice in you says, you are a lazy piece of shit, then you might reflect back, um, you're, feeling, um, you're feeling frustrated because you would, um, y- you have a need for productivity you have a you have a need to make progress towards your goals and you would like to ask me um what would it take to do that um it's in in ways like that you can talk to yourself and then that that voice might say like yes indeed i really want to um i want to self-actualize and what i'm doing now doesn't help me with that um so i really want to do this and then another part um might express its needs that okay that's that's all fine and i also want to um, work towards that however i also need have a need for relaxation so i would like to ask you to talk a bit about how we can combine these two needs and i think that's that's a very good way to um, align the different parts in yourself to um, to become more like a congruent whole instead of all different parts waging war with each other 
It's a really good point. Really good point. And um, yeah, I also really, um, I uh, it sounds really familiar to me because I had the same experience. Uh, also striving for more with my studies. Uh, in the gym um, with my friends you know wanting to combine everything in life uh, to live a balanced life sounds like a really worthy goal uh, achieving on all fronts but then i noticed that there was just you know one voice one part of myself leading that charge you know the drive that i have and the drive is, is basically is unstoppable um so if i just give that part you know all the let that part be the boss of me basically i'll just keep working until i drop uh, whatever i'm doing um, so i then noticed that i was getting less happy a little bit um, and that was because i could have given the other parts more of a voice mm. you know because in the end all the work will never be done <laughs> the, the moment you die there will still be work to do literally uh, so that's not the end goal to get everything done uh, so you can relax. The end goal, at least for me, is to do everything in a way that I really stand behind. Um, and then when things are done, when things are finished, when things are successful, that's great. But, you know, the, the destination is, is never worth more than the journey, you know? Mm -hmm. So in that case, just, uh, yeah, just, Make sure and also reflect with yourself once you've reached yet another destination or a goal. Was the journey worth it? Why mm -hmm. or why maybe not? What would you do differently? Uh, those questions and especially those answers will help you get a little bit deeper, uh, a little bit closer to how you really want to live your life. And once you come up to those answers, have the courage to listen and really change and uh, see what that brings you. Mm -hmm. I think that's uh, beautifully spoken, beautiful last words to uh, more or less end the podcast with. Um, so to shortly summarize what we discussed in this podcast, um, said I think the main points came down to um, what are ways to come closer to your true self, to your deeper self, and how to um, how to find ways to um, to align yourself with your higher values. And first step is awareness, like tuning into your felt sense of moment to moment experience, and let your emotions guide you towards what is truly meaningful to you and what is not. Um, ask yourself the question, how do, you, how do I want to live? Um, what is the best possible version of myself that I want to move towards? Um, and then negotiate between the different parts of you that come up. Um, and yeah, try to, try to get them in the same room within your being and give them space, give them time to find out what it is that you want and how you can move in that direction. Anything to add to that? Beautifully spoken. And uh, yeah, well, I hope you guys tune in next week and have some great feedback.
and because while you're on the way we can really get a lot better i think and you would like to like to make podcasts that you would love to listen to even more so if you have any tips for that please let us know and especially those nice questions we really like them because they gave us a kickstart for today keep sending them in and uh, yeah hope to speak to you guys soon ciao ciao have a great week everyone <laughs>